Welcome to the Litigation Psychology Podcast brought to you by Courtroom Sciences. I am Dr. Steve Wood. With me as always, Bill Kanaski. Bill, how are you? Steve, good. How are you? I'm very good. Very good. Um, I see. I, I like I like the the new studio setup you got going there. I don't believe you. <laughs> I don't believe you. I don't, I don't, I don't like it. I'm in the master bedroom now because I got booted out of the man cave so um on the last podcast i described the you know the view of the laundry i got uh the smell of the litter i get the smell of the laundry and litter box so i got a combo beautiful you know of you, went from, Chick- you went from chick-fil-a to yeah cat shit yeah because yeah, because because see in the man in the man cave it smelled like a, men, a, a men's locker room it's it smelled like dirty feet and it smelled like um, three-day-old Chick-fil-A. Um, now that the twenty-one-year-olds moved back in, so now, so now it's—I've exchanged, I've traded one set of problems for a different set of problems. Um, it, it is, it is what it is. Um, but I got the, you know, I got my sign, I got my backdrop. I'm, I'm good. Um, <clears throat> I got to hop right into this rant. Two words. Marshawn Lynch. Oh, God. oh my God! Okay, you saw I was, the I was just going back. To, you know, it, it hit me. I thought we were going to go back and, and talk about our cognitive dis, uh, distortions portion from part two, but actually, I know what you're going to talk about now. Oh. I mean, Marshawn Lynch. Okay, so the the, the mugshot was classic. <laughs> yeah. Blasted out of his mind. Now, Steve, just so our viewers, maybe we don't. Maybe we have some some viewers and some listeners that aren't sports fans. Give us your 30-second Marshawn Lynch. I mean, fantastic running back for uh, the Seattle Seahawks for many years, right? Yeah, beast mode, right? I beast mean, mode. He, he, had, he, had once, he, he had once had a run where the, the crowd got so excited, didn't it actually uh, show up on the Richter scale as, yes. a, as a small earthquake? So yes. hard, hard, hard physical runner, mm-hmm. always a man of many words. Um, or few yes. words <laughs> and I yes. uh, loved his Skittles. Yeah. So today, so I, I watched it's on YouTube. I watched the police, uh, the police cam, uh, footage. Oh, I gotta go watch the, bo- that. the body cam footage. It's absolutely golden classic. So they pull them. It's two female, uh, police officers that pull them over. The cops are laughing their asses off. They can't stop because so Marshawn Liz, he so he, he kind of wrecked the car. He's got a front uh, tire blown out. The door's wide open. Marshawn Lynch is laying back. He's got the seat back. His he's wearing the pant kind of like the, I, I don't know. I don't even know what this is. You know where the the dudes that wear their their pants down like the belt buckles like roughly in the middle of his thighs you know and he's yeah. got the boxer briefs whatever that look that's not a good look for me by the way <laughs> i have never prepped a witness with my pants down like that and my boxers pulled up i know the kids like that look not a good look for witness prep mantra or 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 in court jury selection consultation yeah, I would, I would, I would frown upon that. Yes. Not good. And he's laying back and he is wasted out of his mind. He's got his big smile on his face. He's just smiling. And the cop's like, do you know where you're at? And he's like, no. They <laughs> go, is this your car? He goes, no. <laughs> and they just keep asking him questions. And he just, all he does is laugh and laugh and laugh 
it's not fun. I mean, listen, folks, don't be impaired and drive. My cousin yeah. got killed by a drunk driver. I mean, this is really serious shit. But Marshawn Lynch, um, you know, these, these, whether it be athlete, I, I mean, or uh, who just, uh, Haish just got all, uh, um, yeah, the actor just got yeah. all, what was it? I think it was, uh, was a fentanyl and Coke or something. I mean, really whacked out of her mind and then now she's dead. I mean, folks, let's be smart. I mean, yeah, I just had a rant about texting and driving and stuff like that. But gosh, I mean, you know, if you're in the public eye and then everybody's laughing at it. Everybody's laughing at it. I go, go watch the body cam. It, it's, it's actually hilarious. And then you feel bad about laughing so hard because you're like, God, he could have killed somebody or really hurt himself or be like Anne Hayes and kill yourself. Um, yeah. God, folks, so folks, an Uber. really smart, smarten up, right? I'll go back to the Nancy Reagan. Yeah, you know, just say no, right? Just, just, just say no, okay? And by the way, Marshawn Lynch has enough money to have a professional driver just take him anywhere he wants to. Not to drive a $150,000 Lamborghini at God knows how fast he was going before he wrecked the car. Gosh. Yeah. And it never stops. You see it, you see it every what couple of weeks, one of the, yep. the mugshot. It's it's terrible. So that's my rant. Everybody, be smart. Don't drink and drive. Don't smoke and drive. Don't do fentanyl and drive. I'll, I'll, just any of those things. Don't do that. And drive. With all with all due respect to all of your other rants, uh, I think this was one of your better rants. Well, I just it's your PSA it's rant. A, but it's just like, and then you sent me the link about the other football play. It's like, what are these people doing? What everyone's just lost their collective minds. Yeah. Well, let's hope we can uh en enlighten some of the collective minds here on this podcast yeah. as we close out the cognitive distortions. We're close on eleven through thirteen. Close, and, uh, close, close it out. It good out. good feedback. We've been getting good feedback uh on these. So I think it goes back to the point where we were saying how you know, important these were and how it's a topic we haven't touched on enough, but it can be very valuable. So the feedback we've been getting on this has been really good. So I appreciate well, that. Well, it's important because attorneys don't understand why their witnesses suck. And it's our job to tell the attorneys why the witness sucks and to fix the suckness, right? That's, that's yeah. what we do. And 95% of the suckness I don't know if that's a word. I just made it up. Um, is 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 in the brain with these with these cognitive you know distortions, and and it's uh it happens in every case, and sometimes your witness has multiple versions of these distortions. You know, we named thirteen here. They could have four out of the thirteen. I can yeah, I can think. I actually uh, have have one coming up where I talked to the attorney, and the attorney said that they have roughly six of these yeah. that we're talking about today. So you know. Good luck with that when you go in there but that's what that's what we do right oh by the way but we are publishing this paper we have to figure out where we're going to publish this so if any of our audience members you know you you're affiliated with the publication you have some thoughts on this get back to us we will do our due diligence and look at it. but we have to figure out where we're going to send um this highly scientific paper really it's all science folks it's all science uh, let's start. So we what 11, 12, 13 going on here. Let's yeah. jump to let's just let's pick up where we left off. Number 11, uh, cognitive distortion. 
uh, emotional reasoning, emotional reasoning. Um, we have covered this all too often uh, on the on, on on the podcast. I have published a paper. I am giving a speech with Tad Eckenrode, our buddy from St. Louis, trial attorney, <clears throat> on Friday. I already got a hundred people. It's a webinar, webinar speech. It's a two-hour speech talking about this phenomenon of amygdala hijack. Uh, I guess the, the the regular way of putting it is emotional reasoning, but this is this is when your witness um, uses uh, the emotional part of their brain. Uh, they do not use the logical part of their brain, and the emotional part of your brain, which is a combination of the amygdala combined with the hippocampus, combined together to make your witness say and do crazy things. You've seen our videos, <laughs> uh, a quick uh, jump onto YouTube. I think well, if you put in like what witness deposition meltdown, right? I mean, you just, you're just gonna get thousands of examples of amygdala hijack over here. Um, so the lay person's term here would be the, the witness goes into fight or flight response patterns. And um, this is not good because that means the prefrontal cortex, logical part of your brain, the rational part of your brain. Oh, by the way, the area of the brain that stores all this witness preparation data, the part of the brain that's responsible for logic, judgment, rational decision making. Yeah, all those positive things, that area of the brain shuts down. It's like a light switch. Amygdala hippocampus takes over. And crazy things start coming out of their mouths. And, th and this happens during witness prep, thankfully, because we because because there's a way to, to fix this. But um, I, I would I would argue that the the emotional witness by far is the most difficult witness to to train. Thoughts? Uh, I agree. A um, couple things that you said on it. Um, I think the, one of the first things is that when we talk about emotional witnesses, a lot of times everybody's first thought is to go to the whole idea that they're going to get snarky or they're going to say things, you know, uh, to be a, to be a wise, wise guy or any of that stuff like that. But it doesn't necessarily have to be a snark or anger or any of that. It can actually be, you know, confusion, frustration. Those are all really, I mean, essentially emotional mistakes too, or emotional oh, yeah. responses too. And I think, too many times people get focused on, oh, well, I'm not going to lose my temper. They're never going to be able to get to me. And it's like, that's fine, but that doesn't Everybody mean says that, Steve. Every, well, I that's, can't, it's that's, like, so I'm working with this, I'm working with this witness uh, last week in Texas. And he told me six times during the, you know, kind of our phase one, you know, educational didactic part of the witness training, told me six times, oh, I'd never do that. Oh, I'd never say that. I'd never do that. I'd never say that. Yeah. Well, we got to day two, and guess what? You said all, of that, all right? these witness, all these witnesses say, "Oh, I'm not going to lose my cool." Oh, I'd never make that facial expression. I'd never have an outburst. Well, guess what? A a a, a seasoned veteran uh, and talented cross examiner can bring the worst out of anybody without the proper training. Now, luckily. Luckily, we have a training program. I think it's the only training program out there um, to solve this problem. <clears throat> Systematic desensitization uh, and which we put them, it's kind of like flight simulators. You know, that's how they train pilots, Steve. You know, they have thousands of hours, astronauts too. They put them in flight simulators and they create, 
they create problems. And now, and you sat in one and bought big problem, the uh, truck driving simulator. Those yeah. things are there for a reason. Why? You can, you can enter in the computer. Hey, I want it to snow in 10 minutes. And then the driver has to make adjustments, right? And you want to simulate these stressful slash emotional conditions and have them get through that situation. And that's what we do with our witness training program. It has to be simulated just like the simulator for the truck driver or the pilot. Because what happens is someone gets into a threatening position. You can imagine, can you imagine being a pilot? I'd need, I'd have to like wear a diaper to be a yeah. pilot. I, I just, no, I'd be panic, panic, panic city, uh, USA. <laughs> right. I mean, and, and these pilots and now these truck drivers, I think is brilliant. They get additional training, sitting in that simulator, being exposed to the, the threat and then taking their training that they've gotten and to utilize it. Right to eliminate the threatening stimulus by doing the making the right behaviors making the right decisions and here's the best thing and i want you to comment on this crashing and burning in the simulator whether it be the pilot simulator the flight simulator the the truck driving simulator or the witness training simulator is absolutely the number one best way to learn yeah i mean obviously you want you want you all your mistakes to happen in in training right i mean if you yeah. think about Think about anything and we know we use a lot of sports analogies on this it's the same way you want yeah you want all your your mistakes to be made in practice then rather than make them in the big game and i think you know the same thing goes for depositions and that is you need to crash and burn because you're gonna crash and burn uh and you'd rather have it prior to the deposition and i think i wanted to go back to and that was actually my second point i was going to talk about when you were talking about emotional witnesses as well is you know the the whole idea when when the witness tells us Oh, I would never do that. I would ne they're never going to get to me. They're never going to get to me. Yeah. Then I always make it my goal in that situation to who essentially, if, if we're doing cross examinations and the attorney's doing it, I might jump in and take over for a little bit too, because you know, you and yeah. I, I mean, it's kind of the outsiders who they don't know. And then we go at them a little bit like plaintiff attorneys going to and sure enough, they, they do and say the things that they said they weren't going to, or they get upset to the point yeah. they were they weren't going to. Yeah. Despite what our um, clients and our audience may think of us, um, we could be real assholes when necessary. And I think that's really important because if you're going to mimic, mimic what they're going to go up against, I think it's really, really important. So what I like to do, and, and sometimes the attorney is really good at it and that's great. But yeah. sometimes if you have a really nice, you know, soft-spoken attorney, but they're really effective, they're a really effective trial attorney. <laughs> But the person that's going to cross-examine the witness is, you know, more high energy, loud, boisterous, stuff like that. Yeah, oftentimes you and I have to take that script uh, and turn up the uh, turn up the heat uh, a little bit if necessary. But I think it's important is to, um, well, I think a couple things here, how do, you, how do you get over this? Number one, you tell the witness, this is a very common thing, being emotional. And we have a training program to solve it. And we're going to teach you how emotional control through these scientific methods. And then number two, to simulate appropriately, meaning know who your adversary is going to be, who's going to cross-examine. You know, sometimes you get an attorney that's not so aggressive, but they're sneaky. Yeah. You know, they repeat questions. They slightly reword questions. They act as if though they're confused or that 
they're not following uh, the witnesses answer and all that stuff is a threat <clears throat> and then that amygdala hippocampal circuit takes over and blah 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 your witness will not shut up so we uh we have a uh <clears throat> we have a system for this and um and it works but oftentimes it's not pretty but i tell you what uh it'll get that witness to the deposition without having a, a damn meltdown have do the have the meltdown during the simulation during the training do not have your meltdown during the testimony and here's here's where defense counsel has to be really careful okay stop listening to your witnesses who say they won't have a meltdown <laughs> that's yeah. the number one red flag of meltdown I, i'm not gonna have a meltdown right, right. or yeah. yeah number one number two you're not psychologists folks you you're like you developed this buddy buddy relationship with your client and then you call me into oh no this th this lady you know she's really got it together she's really cool and calm and blah 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 or, or this guy is very you know he's very poised i'm like oh really well let me be the judge of that <clears throat> and i'll make these people do things they've never done before because <clears throat> i'll play every trick in the book on them and they're going to fall for it defense counsel needs to be very wary of their armchair social assessments of their witnesses you can't assess somebody in the workplace well how do you know the witness is going to do well oh well, i went to their workplace and you should see how they interact with other people blah 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 they got great community i'm like that is not a litigation setting that's a workplace setting mm -hmm. uh, number two uh, number three excuse me witness training done in the workplace setting i can't stand it you need to yank them out of their workplace the next witness prep i do have a doctor in a hospital conference room i'm just going to shoot myself it doesn't work you got to get them out of the medical setting or the work setting get them into a legal setting all right moving around oh, by the way did i tell you my new chair for the podcast studio is on the way and until that i've got the i've got the whoa see i'm gonna fall yeah, i got the see, I, got, why, I got that's the, why i, I got the it. bouncy ball <laughs> i got my i got my posture ball Right. This is what I do my abs on. But now it's like the guy, the video you sent me and I can't I just kind of bounce around here. If I do this on a Zoom call, this is going to be it. Be like, everybody's like, is everything OK? I'm like, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. yeah it's as everybody gets motion sickness. All right. Uh, number 12, uh, control fallacies. Th this is this is one that, come, that comes up a lot is that you get a witness that comes in. They are. Um, they're worried and they're worried is they have zero or very little experience in litigation and they feel like they're helpless they feel like i had this um a witness about 10 years ago and he was just distraught and he's like i feel like i'm a leaf blowing around in the wind i'm a leaf just blowing like this plaintiff attorney can just do whatever they want i have zero control and and, you know, people that have, you know, uh, uh, low levels of, you know, perceived self-control are not going to do well. And, and, and this is really a, a huge cognitive distortion because, again, what we teach the witnesses is they have most of the control, right? They have all the control. They have most of the control. And they need to be taught that and believe that to get rid of this distortion because the witness has, for example... The witness controls the most important thing of the testimony, the pace. 
the pace, yep. the back and forth, right? Are, are, are they going to run the, you know, run the fast break with plaintiff attorney and get dunked on every time? Or are they going to slow it down like Princeton and Virginia and run their offense, right? They have full control over that. And as you know, we want them to be Princeton and Virginia. We do not want them being North Carolina or Kentucky. Michigan State, I don't even know if they're capable of running up and down the floor, but I'm not, not going to. They're not. They're more slow-paced. Okay, they're slow-paced. So say, okay, fine. Then be Michigan State, but don't be North Carolina Kentucky. They have control of that, okay? Number two, they have control of the words, their answers, okay? With proper preparation and proper training, right, they can access those answers in their brain deliver them in a concise, precise, and very, very effective way and not get wordy, not get off track, not get disorganized, not volunteer information, not get into teaching mode. They have full control over that, full control. Number three, they have full control of the best answer in deposition history. I disagree. <laughs> it's the they have full control to say, no, nah, I, I, I reject what you're saying. I'm not letting you put words in my mouth. They have full control of that. Full. Okay. So this is, so the, one of the main things I want to do in witness training is to build the witness's confidence with these tools. They know this, I know it feels terrible and it looks terrible. It sounds terrible. You have a lot of control here. I need to teach you where your control is and how to, how to use it. Because I mean, Steve, being a social psychologist, you have, you have a person that feels like they're in a situation and they have zero control. I mean, the helplessness just takes over, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's the, the whole idea of learned helplessness. They just kind of lay down and take yeah. their, take their take licks the beating. because they, just yeah, because they, the they, they think they don't, they don't have any, any control at all. And, and I think it always, surprises me i mean it doesn't it shouldn't surprise me but it always does when when you tell them you know it you can ask to have a question rephrased you can ask to have a question repeated and and you have a, and the witnesses go i can do that i, I can ask to have it repeated i, yeah. I can ask to have it broken down yeah, more yeah. control hey more control hey I, yeah. I, wait i can look at the document yeah yeah, yeah yes yeah. more control so you make this laundry list of control and they're like oh wow i didn't know that but here's the thing steve a cross-examiner, again, whether it be a plaintiff attorney or a defense attorney deposing a co-defendant, right? I don't know. <clears throat> They're not going to advertise, oh, by the way, yeah, in the first, you know, you know, they go through the introduction of the deposition, right? Yeah, make sure yeah. you answer verbally, blah, 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 you know, all that stuff. Don't nod your head. All the rules that they, if you don't understand the question, you know, let me know all that stuff that they, well, as part of that orientation to the witness, they don't say, by the way, you're actually in full control here. Yeah. You know, yeah. you can take your time. You don't have to rush your answers. You don't have to give long answers. You can just answer my question and shut the blank up. Right. STFU. Oh, love it. Yeah. Okay. I mean, they're not going to tell the witness, hey, here's all the control you have, by the way. No, the witness needs to be trained to do so. And if not, like you said, learn helplessness. And then the entire deposition will be an epic disaster because these folks will typically just roll over on every issue. And we're yeah. going to talk about the uh, another paper I have going. I have to get you involved on this one. You know, we talk about fight or flight. You know, we got the freeze response. 
amazing evolutionary response. And it's a survival response. Okay. And it's not controlled by the sympathetic nervous system like the fight or flight is. It's actually an overstimulation of the parasympathetic nervous system. And it's the playing dead response. And then I, I, so I started looking up videos on this. And by the way, when you start watching like nature videos and like animals eating each other, this is very disturbing shit. Holy, <laughs> I mean, it's nature. I mean, it's nature, you know, but it's pretty crazy stuff. Uh, like I saw a, uh, I saw a tiger in Africa literally attack, uh, attack a crocodile and just kick its ass. <clears throat> a crocodile. I'm like, damn, pretty. That's pretty, pretty impressive. Right. Yeah. You start watching stuff like that, but then you start watching the tiger chase around like that you know that small antelope and know what the antelope does they fall to the ground and play dead and the tiger goes to do their thing and like the tiger gets confused and they kind of mess with it and there's no fight there's no chase there's no nothing and the tiger gets confused and walks away and then five minutes later the antelope you know pokes its head up and runs away okay that's an evolutionary response. Well, it's a, it's, it's, it's a mammalian response and we're mammals and witnesses do the same thing. And I'm going to do a separate podcast and paper on this, <laughs> but they play dead. They play dead. And we call this the free. So you got fight or flight. We call this the freeze slash appease response. Meaning if I sit here and freeze and I just keep saying, yes, yes. Mm-hmm, yep. Mm-hmm, yep. Anything you say. Mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm, I'm never going to get attacked during this deposition. I'm going to appease this questioner and I survive. Well, that's great for survival, okay, of, 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 of the witness. Okay, the problem is your, your case is going to tank, right? Uh, and they're just going to say yes to anything and everything. So freeze and appease, we'll talk more about that. Um, but that's a very interesting uh, evolutionary response. Okay, number 13, this is it. Our last one, and boy, this... <laughs> You can see how some of these overlap because you get emotional during some of these. Uh, the fallacy of fairness. Oh, how many times, Steve, where you have this pissed off witness that this is, this is not fair. Yeah. This, this litigation's bullshit. This is a bullshit lawsuit. This is not fair. I'd, I've worked too hard. Here's, here's wait. I've worked too hard to deserve this. Yeah. Too hard, too many years. I don't deserve this that's an interesting cognitive distortion because I find it to be uh, it's kind of like a subcategory of emotion, uh, this whole fairness thing. Um, that's not an easy thing to get rid of, is it? No. Yeah. And like you said, it, it when you, when you get a, when you get a witness to coming in there talking about whether or not it's fair and, and how it's not fair to them and that, you, you know, you got a problem right off the bat. A huge, a huge price. It's typically the first thing out of their mouth too. Yeah. And I see this a lot where you have, uh, these, this is litigation maybe involving smaller, you know, smaller companies maybe, or mid-sized companies where, or family owned companies, right. That are being sued and, uh, you know, someone or someone that's worked their way up to the top and this is not fair. And, um, yeah, there's, there's a huge emotional, a component to that you know the way i deal with that is to say well a life's not fair yeah. okay um and and, and litigation is not fair this is not has nothing to do with fairness i take them back to the you know the economic part of this and i also try and normalize it you know particularly when you're in a business 
most businesses, when it comes to litigation, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when it happens, it happens to everybody. And um, to, to, to dump the fairness thing and to take a more, because that's a very reactive, right? That's a very reactive approach versus the proactive approach is, hey, you know, I think this lawsuit is bullshit and I want to do everything I can to put myself in the best position to get through this uh, and to have the best outcome and to take a much more, um, you know, positive um, approach to this. But yeah, the whole fairness kind of poor me, poor me, poor me. Um, that's not going to work um, for the witness. It also keeps them up at night. And, and then they're just being a total jerk all day to their coworkers. <clears throat> um, yeah. You know, it's litigation oftentimes, oftentimes is not fair. Um, there's a lot of litigation out there where, um, the defendant feels like they're being wrongfully accused. Um, yeah, it sucks. I mean, it, it sucks and there's no way around that. I think another important Steve thing is to acknowledge the suckness, right? Hey, this sucks. Yeah. yeah. This sucks. But guess what? This is what I do for a living. This is what your attorney does for a living. And we're trying to uh, take the suckness out of this. And get, again, now, then you can use that control thing in your favor to say, you go back to the control. Hey, you have all this control. Here's your weaponry. Here are your tools. Uh, and you can get through this. But uh, yeah, I mean, I would say if you have a witness coming in with this type of um, uh, cognitive distortion on fairness, you cannot do anything in the witness prep until you get over this. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think, well, I was just going to say, I, I think I like your idea, you know, life's not fair and, and all that stuff like that. But I think at the same time, you know, it goes back to, I think what we talk about all the time about allowing the witnesses to dump their emotions, because, you know, I think you're not going to do yourself any favors to just have them say, you know, it's, you know, it, it's not fair. And then say, yeah, we'll just get over it and let's move yeah. on. Yeah. Like I think you said is, is embrace and, and accept the fact that they think <laughs> that it's unfair, that you agree that it's unfair, that you agree that it's bullshit. Um, but then it's like, okay, well now we all, we all, we all know that. So now let's, let's do what we can in order to make this frivolous lawsuit or this bullshit lawsuit, you know, go away and yeah. the way we do that is by helping you give a good yeah. deposition now yeah. that's that's how we show that it's on you know that, that that's how we return control that's how we return the fairness is by you taking this seriously you giving mm -hmm. a good deposition and you know making sure that it's an outcome that's favorable to yeah. us rather than say like you say woe is me and, and just rolling over i completely agree and to kind of end on this note um which i've seen a lot um, a lot of the emotion and the uh, sometimes this unfairness thing can pop up in the middle of the litigation. And here's how I think we talked about this on, on one of the previous podcasts. When the insurance company refuses to settle the case. Mm. And now the unfairness is not pointed at the plaintiff. It's pointed at the insurance company going, this is unfair. <laughs> Just settle the damn case. Right. <laughs> this case needs to be settled. And then they're all angry again and then here we go so there's a lot of I mean, you can see how emotion plays such a huge huge factor let's just kind of wrap up here with these cognitive distortions i mean again 95 percent of witness testimony is cognition emotion behavior 95 percent, which is why we do what we do that's i mean that's that those are facts that's it you can have the most prepared witness in the world 
that can massively fail at deposition or trial, largely due to these three psychological factors or some combination of them, which is why, you know, the, the training is so important to, to protect, you know, to protect all that preparation that you're doing. Countless attorneys have told, oh, I spent a week with this witness and then they still tanked. Well, it's a cognitive problem, an emotional problem or a behavioral problem. Yep. It's one of those three or a combination of those three. Sometimes it's all three. So it's really important. Yeah, I'm glad that we went through these and we broke it up into the three parts. Uh, we'll get this paper out soon. I'll determine where we're going to publish it, whether it's going to be more of a national thing or an industry specific thing. I mean, this really goes across industry. So I'm not sure we want to go industry, but we'll, we'll talk about it. But, uh, you know, Steve, good podcast. Any, any closing thoughts on this? I just, I really, I really, really feel that continuing to really educate our defense counsel and clients about how the witness brain works and about how the juror brain works. Those are the two things that we bring our value to. And the more you understand that the, the better decisions that you're going to, you're going to make the better outcomes you're going to have. Yeah, exactly. Like I said, just to, to piggyback off that, once again, just understanding that at the end of the day, witnesses are human beings, human yeah. beings have, you know, emotions, human beings, you know, that's why there's whole fields of psychology related to cognitive, like your area, social, my area, that at the end of the day, people are people and you need to understand that people have certain quirks to them and that those need to be addressed prior to deposition versus let's just focus on the black and white letter of the law that can only get you so far and to get you past the goal line, you're going to have to focus on these other things. So great topic. Uh, yep. Enjoyed, enjoyed this podcast. Like I said, we'll yeah. get together and we'll finish up this paper, get this thing out so that other people can start to read it and, and use it in as they progress through uh, litigation. So, and a CLE, we'll do, we'll do a yeah. CLE so we can come to your company, your law firm, uh, maybe DRI, Got to think about that. DRI's changed a lot the last couple of years. May want to go elsewhere with that, but we'll get a CLE to your organizations. I know the trucking organizations be all of this, the healthcare organizations, the products yep. folks. I mean, there's a lot. Again, this this topic goes across all areas. So, um, yep. Thanks for a good podcast. Yes, thanks. This has been another additional litigation psychology podcast brought to you by Courtroom Sciences. As always, go to courtroomsciences.com to find all the other podcasts, papers Bill and I have written, uh, and a lot of other useful material out there for your litigation psychology needs. Take care. That's it.